everybody and welcome to another episode of the deja vu podcast <laughs> it's a weekly tradition <laughs> there's a lot of moving parts travis you have too many shows Trey. it's too many shows and does it pay off at all i don't know it doesn't pay off <laughs> well i'm sorry about that bud you know what? They always tell you, you just do podcasts. Just do podcasts and you'll get a job one day. Just do podcasts and you'll get a job. I've done over 300 freaking podcasts, like episodes. Yeah. And I've not seen the fruits of my labor. No? It's not why I do these shows. I do them out of the love of the game. Yeah, it's it's just to... Uh, you've dedicated yourself to the arts, is the thing. The arts. The arts of thinking that... Of having the the biggest ego in the world and thinking that your opinions actually matter, <laughs> so you're going to paste them on the internet for people to listen to. Yeah. That's the art of the podcast. It's pretty pompous, isn't it? It's because I'm so white and male that I feel like my ideas are so important that I need everyone else to listen that to That they it. must be recorded for eons yes. and eternity. Right. And so... People can hear the greatness of which I spew. Well, at least we're doing a very uh, culturally diverse show. Very culture culturally diverse. We have me, a white male, and you, a white talking male. about a show primarily dominated by white males. Yes, although they are Italian, so I think we get some Ooh. points for like two, one shade darker, right? I, I think that I think that would have flown back in like nineteen twelve. They're just whites now, but I think in. Yeah, they're just whites. They're all just whites. <laughs> they're just they're just like toasted whites. Yeah, toasted whites. So, exactly. Toasted whites. Sounds like a weird cereal. <laughs> that sounds gross. <laughs> we are we are talking about the Sopranos, the most white show ever made. Ooh, that's a not too many not too many black characters in this. No, not a lot. There was Ma- all Mike kind of Epps, gangsters. Mike Epps was in episode three, I think. Yeah. So there was that guy. <laughs> that's the uh, only black guy I can think of thus far. But we are only six episodes deep. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see if there's any others. Um, I did see the Sonic movie last night, Travis, by the way. The, look, we've already been over this. This is Deja View, not Super Movie Cast 64. Super Films Cast oh, Sorry, sorry. I, did, I forgot how uh, haughty that podcast was. Yes, it's very haughty. We talk about you know. film, not we talk about movies. films like the Sonic movie. Yeah. All right. How is the Sonic movie? Better than Cats? It's better than Cats, but it's not good. I've heard Jim Carrey is the best cartoon in it. He he chews up the scenery in it. Yeah. That's good. Uh, which I love that that phrase. I'm using it now. Yep. Chews up the scenery. Okay. I it's, like it. So detect, did you see Detective Pikachu? No, I've not seen it yet. Detective Pikachu was really good, I thought. And that was more of a family movie. Okay. Where it's, uh, I think, a fa- and I, family movie, it's it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable for everybody. You know what I mean? Sure. I would say something like uh, Pixar makes family movies. Disney makes family movies. Okay. I would say um, this was a kid's movie. A movie specifically geared towards young children. So, like, what, what are we talking here? Like, 10 and younger? 
Yeah. Okay. Like really corny jokes. Really just really lame corny stuff. Okay. Not it wasn't risky at all. It didn't go there. There's like some fun references, but nothing too ridiculous. It was just kind of cheesy. Uh, not not great. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I was never a big Sonic guy. I didn't. I didn't really play video games. Didn't watch the cartoon. You know. I mean, I I, I, I I'm dabbled. Not a big Sonic guy either. No, I dabbled. I, I like him. Yeah, I like him more as a meme. Sure. You know. I've never been a huge into Sonic. Right. Okay. Anyway, we're talking about the Sopranos on this podcast. That this is what we're talking about. About Sonic. The funny thing is, though, speaking of video games, <laughs> we do go to the first episode <laughs> of. He can't. He can't stop. He just can't stop with the connections to his other podcasts. <laughs> you okay in there? Oh, I'm doing great. We're just discussing some uh, work in progress stuff on the texts. Any so okay. Well, we're, we do we're have do, um, we're doing a show here. Uh, season one, episode four, called the Meadowlands. Yeah, buddy. A uh, bunch of meetings to that. His daughter's name is Meadow, of course. And it's also that's where the uh, the the fake execution happened to Christopher was in the Meadowlands. It's also where the Giants and Jets play. It is. That's very true. At least I assume that that's and that's what we call it. So I assume it's there. The, the stadia. I think it is there. Yeah. Yeah. This is. Yeah, and I have actually been in that stadium. Uh, this is a, kind of a think about. This is an episode about his son, really. Yeah, and that would be the of, <clears throat> his main. I I kind of saw this episode as, um, in fact, I've kind of got a theory on these three on these three episodes that it's it's perfectly uh, giving you a picture of the three phases of of Tony Soprano. Uh, like the first mm-hmm. episode, we see him in this one. So I'll just stop here. Uh, he, you see his, uh, he's a heady businessman, but he's all, and he's a grieving friend. And then you also see the seedy gangster, but you also get to see the uh, softer, loving father. Uh, mm-hmm. And all kind of like the second. You see that in the next episode, right? Too, yeah. So like the second episode, you get the loving father and the ruthless gangster who's out for blood. And then in the third episode, pretty much just dipshit husband, boyfriend, patient, uh, and peacemaker somehow. Mm-hmm. This three pack was very interesting. Like, I've, re- I've like, one of the things I was reading is uh, episode five was has been on tons of lists as one of the best episodes yeah. of all time. And honestly, I was looking at those lists. Yeah, and then like four is really really good. I love the like I love the story layout of all three of these episodes. Uh, the mm-hmm. first one's really cool too because you just have uh, some pretty big stuff going on. Honestly, <laughs> like there's just like the transition of power. I really like it. I really, really enjoyed the storylines in this first episode, Meadowlands. Yeah, there was a ton going on. Um, you have the one story about his son kind of getting into trouble at school. You have. Uh, you have uh, the boss, head boss, dying, uh-huh. and uh, um, you have J- Junior coming into power. Yep, and, and you kind of have uh, the therapist stuff. Yeah, him having her followed. Melfi. Yes, he's getting her followed. He's having her followed. He's starting to kind of compare her to his mother in a way, and because he has that weird her. dream. He starts. This yeah. Is, yeah. Well, that's later on, 
And you, uh, this is like the first instance of a dream sequence in the show, which will have a lot of dream sequences. Yes, it becomes we'll see, a pretty uh, heavy forward. element going forward for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. We also have uh, Christopher recovering from his his mock execution and him yeah, really kind of running amok. It was, <laughs> he still thinks that it was Tony. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Uh, yeah. And you also and get to so see... Like he, uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, he takes the car and kidnaps Meadow, yeah. thinking that she... Sort of. Yeah, <laughs> kind of kidnaps The her. shortest escape of, of of a car of all time. They just kind of go real yeah. fast in a loop around the parking lot. <laughs> it was kind of that the, honestly that's kind of the that that scene kind of took me out of the entire thing just i think it was the three least strong actors in the beginning of the of the show all trying to like make it come Doesn't together michael, didn't michael and perlioli won like grant uh he won like a, a golden globe right in the first he season won a bunch of awards not in the first season but i, I know going forward he won a bunch of right awards. no i'm just mean like at the time of shoot like when sure. this first season went off like that that scene just seemed very disjointed and awkward it, it is fun to think about the fate of all these characters watching you know see you and know i don't that, um, his... I, I don't know all of them either oh you don't no remember i haven't seen the oh. whole thing yet now I know a uh, girlfriend is killed in the uh, in the woods. I still uh, have that image in my head of her crawling and yeah. you just see the gun. Yeah. And you don't know the fate of Christopher? Well, you broke that to me last week, but I wasn't going to say anything. He lives and lives happily. <laughs> I'm sorry I ruined this. This is for just you. like when you broke to me that Tony Stark was going to die in the last Avengers movie. I'm sorry. Well, that this is a twenty-year-old show, so I'm. That's so, why I know. let it go last time, and I was just gonna play like okay. I'd, uh, I'd never seen heard it. it. Or I, yeah, I'd never heard it. He had his nose closed. Yes, yeah, so you're doing it again. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, uh, it is. It it's funny because all of the a lot of the notes that I'm reading online, it's got like the people that are deceased currently, or that yeah. are die down the road in these episodes, who you still see, and it's always a real long list. It's like, dead, dead, yeah. dead, 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 yeah. dead. <laughs> it's the mafia, bro. It is the mafia, you know? bro. Um, I also like seeing, get back into the episode a little bit, uh, Tony is continuing to, like, take Melfi's advice and, like, word for word. I think that's the gr- one of the greatest parts is that he kind of yeah. took her advice to his own advantage. Yes, like, he did. She was sort of the... She was sort of the liaison to like this war machine, you know. Right. Like, hey, elder, like you know, it's the, learn their books on how to deal with elders and giving the the, uh, uh, the elders <laughs> the illusion of control. Uh, yes, and of course that's what uh, he ends up doing after after having conversation with all of or conversations with all of his capos, telling him that like it's inevitable. You're the next boss. You're the guy. And at the same time, he's like, a bit reluctant about it, you know, he's right? A bit... Because he's on the edge of war with Junior, and it's right. family. It's not a great time to be in a war. We haven't gone to the gone gone to the mattresses since the seventies, uh, yeah. and he really kind of comes up with this ingenious idea to give Junior the figurehead of boss. But work out a little deal on the side that essentially makes him the de facto boss, which takes the the heat off of him, and he just he he gets to be the boss without all the problems, or at least that's what the plan is anyway. Yeah, and it kind of backfires a little, a little bit. bit, like any kind of plan will. You know, human nature steps in and 
makes people act out. Right. Uh, I, I did think the most interesting stuff, though, was about um, the son. I do find the family stuff and the therapy stuff more interesting than the the kind of the mafia stuff uh, yeah. a little bit, just because I feel like the mafia stuff's a little... We've seen it before. Exactly. Uh, whereas this stuff, it's a little more interesting to see how we've never f- Tony... Um, we've never really dealt with prior to this uh how do kids deal with finding out dad's a gangster right and also <laughs> just how he affects lives of everybody like oh everyone yeah. he ever touches he's <clears throat> right so life the the uh i guess melfi's date is kind of the second person that tony just completely ruins their life yeah as yeah. like a secondary like a uh, victim of his path of destruction and he doesn't even he it's like it doesn't even enter into his mind that he ruined his friend's restaurant business because mm-hmm. of something that really i mean we talked about it last week where we were like i don't know that that really would have destroyed business if that had happened at his restaurant and then now yeah. he's following his uh his therapist around because he's paranoid he just wants to yeah he does or he just doesn't know much about her he wants to right. find out what her deal is and uh yeah, yeah and, and he can he can he can't say anything to the guy that the the detective who looks like the biggest alcoholic in the right. world he's very typical uh, al- alcoholic yeah. detective for sure and he's been in a bunch of stuff he too. Has. i think he might have been in lost and he's always but, uh, an asshole like yeah that character yeah, he plays a good plays that character. Yeah, um, but you know he can't tell him his whole thing, and we see it at the beginning in, in the dream. Is his whole fear is that everyone finds out that he's been going to therapy and then right. gets whacked because what are you a nut job? You going? To, you're talking about us now? And yeah. What are you talking about? Which makes when now, we it, when we get there, which makes the second episode all the more ironic because he's chasing down a rat, and that's kind of mm-hmm. what he's like afraid to be you know, caught and be labeled as a rat because you're talking to somebody. Right. Right. And yeah. So yeah, at the beginning we see sort of his lives converge and, and then with the son, you know, his son's kind of, he's kind of adult, I'd say, you know, he's just sort of a regular kid. Yeah. And then, you know, he, he's just, it's like a regular, you know, regular kid stuff where you get in a fight with the bigger kid, but the bigger kid, you know, because he's Tony Soprano's kid, just like, hey, here's the money, just leave me alone. Right, and it was do anything. At that, and he just wanted to fight. He just right. wanted to be a kid and fight. So that happens, you know, after Tony ran into that kid's dad right. at the. Uh, I always love it. I always love the interactions with Tony and people who are not in the mafia. Right, no, Tony's in the mafia because they because Tony's just like so happy to see them. Right, he's and like they just always a look terrified well especially you know? if he's like carrying an axe i would be he was a little axe, yeah. a little trepidatious going into that conversation if i knew our yeah. kids had just gotten in a fight at school and i guess he didn't know that tony didn't know no he had he absolutely you know, did not yeah, i did not know <laughs> I, I really thought that was funny <laughs> I thought, I, and it is uh, interesting because because tony at least until this episode was more of a uh, a peacekeeper you know, he was more of a diffuser of situations. Well, even in this episode, he, never really he is. Got, well, well, the next episode, he, uh, that's when it changes. Yeah. But this episode, like, he's not, he's a diffuser. He's not out to, uh, out to cause a lot of trouble. Right. He's breaking you know? up a war between him and uh, Junior's crew. Right. He's uh, trying to get his kid on the right track. 
yeah he's he he does a lot of diffusing in this episode and it, it changes it changes rather quickly <laughs> now we need to talk about um tony soprano's uh methods on playing mario kart okay yeah because he's uh so <laughs> it's a very famous scene very beginning of the episode sits down with the son who's playing mario kart obviously they put in mario kart after the fact <laughs> No, you I know, didn't. Did they? I, I, I didn't notice. It. Uh, I think usually they do that. I think when they, or at least back in the day, they probably still do it like that. I think they film, they have an idea of what they're going to play, and then after the fact, they find a game. Oh, okay. Put, put it in there. Like whatever might be the most popular game at that time. Yeah, and that's why a lot of times you'll see people using two different controllers, or they're saying things weird, or it's not yeah. correct. Because it's usually just done after the fact. And so Tony is, uh, you know, we've all played Mario Kart 64. Sure. You know, you have to press B to, to keep going, right? Yeah. Or is it A? I forgot. But yeah, but Tony's just using one hand and he has it on the Z, the, the Z trigger and the, he's not, yeah, he's not he's pressing He's holding it as if momentum. it is a pistol. Yes. <laughs> and so, uh, I don't, I mean, Tony must have some kind of magic. He must he have. Can, uh, well, he was cheating is what was going he on. Was, I don't. Well, that he would have just been still. He wouldn't have been cheating. He could still you know? like he could be. He could be. Uh, well, he was cheating because he was messing with Junior, and because he still yeah. finished like sixth or something. Yeah, uh, and something. like just if he had his his one thumb on the joystick, he could theoretically like the car could go forward. I think. Uh, I don't think so. I don't know about very fast, but if he's spinning out Junior, Junior is going to come in last anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. It was uh, it was kind of hilarious. It was very '90s dad sitting down to play a video game with his son. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he doesn't. And, and the funniest part is he complains about it not working correctly. Like he sits down. He's like, "This right. controller's not working." I'm like, "We're well, holding it like holding a chimp." It right. So that it would help if you held it correctly. And also, I like how uh, I don't know what Junior, what um, what uh, Anthony Junior did to that N sixty four to rig it. So every time you press the reset button, it goes right to the next race or oh, restarts the race. Man, you know, like that's that's some that's some that's some work back in nineteen ninety nine. It's that so mob money, man. <laughs> yeah, it's that mob money. You just you get it to to work to your own uh, devices. There, that's a funny thing. I always like stuff like that in in shows where it's just it's like when uh, I guess. You know, like the users would talk about sports movies not being accurate to sports. Yeah. It's sort of like that. Like, obviously, they don't know how this thing works. Right. Or they don't really care how the thing works. Uh, They're just using it as a scene. The, it's not really important <clears throat> to the show. The but. other small bit of culture we got to see was um, an internet website in 1998 a geocities page i didn't write a geocities page <laughs> i thought that God. was awesome and it, it, it man even like the best to- te- that- technology of the day the best dial-up inter- money that dial-up internet could could be purchased which was rolling here it still took like 20 seconds to get the uh web page up on the computer while meadow is showing yeah. anthony jr all of these old gangsters and then what does she do she prints it out for him prints the internet <laughs> print me the internet print me your like the, print me the internet could you get me the i like internet? how you see like it wasn't even just a page it was like you saw like the web browser right it was a whole everything. web browser he awesome. literally printed the she literally printed the internet <laughs> well she didn't want him on her computer and his grubby right 12 year old hands who knows what he does with them who knows and i found I, I really liked that i thought that was really funny 
I also put pager humor to uh, go on. Um, Dude, there's a lot of the technology route. There's a lot of uh, mobile technology that, and I do this in everything that I watch. But anytime he's on a um, a payphone or they're they're having to go to an outside line, I'm like burner phone what are we doing here pull your pull your burner phone out oh this is 98 maybe not as prevalent then (laughs) even if if it's a pretty well-off gangster and it happens to me in everything that i watch from back then i'll be like why aren't these people on their cell phone Mm -hmm. we don't have them yet. they did not have them yet that is correct not yet not yet almost not not it not as not as many people we probably get flip phones coming here pretty soon in this show though I would think I assume so. we do. It ended in 2007, so yeah. Yeah, for or sure. 2006, yeah, so we will. I'm trying to think when my parents got their first like cell phone. I want to say it was around like 0102, something like that. Mm. Something in there. Uh, so I th- Oh yeah, th- we also we also um also w- what we were talking about last, I think last week how they really do a good job of uh <laughs> giving hints to things and not not spelling it out mm-hmm. and we do get something here that's gonna um take effect in the in the next two episodes uh tony's talking about his therapist to uh camille and she does not he says he yes he doesn't say she tiny tiny and little just drop just a little yes. tiny just a taste of something to come and uh right yeah just just a little just a little a morsel of problems to come I did like the uh, stripper when when the TV report of uh, the boss dying. She's saying, "I'll remember where I I'll, I'll always remember where I was when this happened." Yeah, and she's just naked. And it's crazy stripping. seeing. So in this episode, like I was saying earlier, it's it's. I feel like there's just a contrast of of Tony in every one of these episodes, and in this one, like seeing him be the gangster and the you know the businessman, and then seeing him go from that to grieving friend and like how much this second family really means to them is is really fascinating to see like you know his boss or brother dies and how quickly he becomes just like a bawling bumbling uh ball of crying you know it was and then of course christopher comes in and he's not about to hear any of the bless he's got going (laughs) yeah <clears throat> so this the end of the episode uh, is when they make Junior boss, right? And it's also the funeral, and that's where uh, Anthony Junior really realizes that mm-hmm. yes, his dad is in the mafia. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a cool scene too. It also drops right there that the FBI is definitely on to them. Yes, or following them. Um, I, obviously, they're the mob, so they're on to them. But they're they're following yeah, very they're close. Following them. It was a very Godfather kind of ending where you uh-huh. know, the, the wife is watching them the you know though yeah i thought it was a uh, very well done the next episode is uh episode five college right this is considered one of the best episodes of the sopranos and, I, and i've read a few things about it and i think the reason is is because you never saw this before 1999 i think we're used to it now you know watching breaking bad and watching a lot of other tv shows that now you see your main character do heinous heinous stuff mm-hmm but I think back in the day, you never saw that. No. And, um, and also, one of the cool things about this episode is just, I don't know that they've that before this you ever saw this type of a, of a scene. We've seen gangsters, uh, you know, 
locating and chasing somebody down before, but we've never seen it from both sides this in depth where you're really getting into the head of both Tony and what's this guy's name? I wrote it down. Uh, Fabian, uh, that he he recognizes on Meadows' college trip at a gas station, and he's a you know a rat, uh, and Tony recognizes him. But you really get into the heads of both of them as they're both tracking each other down, going from place to place, and uh, finding out who each other are and what the next course of action is it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's real fa- really fascinating watching yeah. that. Well, cat and mouse, cat and mouse game. Yes, very. It was Tony is yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, at a certain point, Fabian becomes the cat as well. Yeah. When he's got a chance to to shoot him while uh, he's Meadow is very very drunk, uh, Mm -hmm. and Tony's trying to put her to bed, and two other people show up, and he doesn't take the shot. So you you get see it from both angles. I thought he didn't take the shot because he. He was thinking, I don't know, because I thought he was like, oh, he's just with his daughter. I think he hesitated because he's with his daughter, and then he didn't take the shot because those two other people were there. Yeah. Because it's pretty ballsy to just stand in the middle of a a parking lot, even if you're in the shadows, with a gun pointed (laughs) just kind of in the middle of uh, the open air. Also, why is Tony Soprano staying in that motel? Uh, I don't know. Well, I I don't like I don't think they have I don't think they're like bajillionaires. No, I think but that's wealthy. a pretty gunky hotel, right? Yeah, I don't know. Couldn't even get a La Quinta um, or a Days in Motel <laughs> Six. Maybe, maybe I I think it maybe helped with the uh, the plot for sure, for sure. Better, you know? definitely, definitely helps yeah. with the plot a little bit. Um. But this, so this episode, like I was saying a, a little bit earlier, this shows you the contrast between loving father Tony, even with, when he's just with Meadow, <clears throat> as they're discussing over dinner. Well, she asked him right up front at the yeah. end of the episode, "Are you in the mafia?" Right, and I and, and you kind of get his half kind of yeah about like, that. Yeah, maybe a little illegal gambling, and he eventually caves to it, of course, because she's yeah. just you know she's not having it. She's she knows. And then later on, she thinks that now we're buddy buddy. We have such a great relationship. I can I can confess to you about about doing speed for SATs. Uh, of course, as a father, uh, Tony doesn't respond super well to that. Right. And right. It, it's just interesting how quickly he goes from like friend to staunch father back to gangster, all within like a five oh, yeah. a five minute sequence. It, yeah. And it's I I I'm just I'm just baffled that it just like can you can even handle that like change of attitude so quick and it's clear why uh, this character needs to be in therapy because he just goes from like cool calm level headed to fucking ten like so fast mm-hmm. and it's super yeah. it's, I really like watching uh, watching the contrasts happen especially in this episode because it seems to go back and forth so quickly definitely. And then you have and, the the third yeah. the third layer of this episode, where uh, the priest is trying to slip the deed old that Mrs. Is Soprano, the thirstiest priest. Do, never world. ever trust he a priest so with a goatee. Thirsty. Yeah, any yeah any priest with he's a goatee. Cool, he's cool, man. Priest. He's talking about Buddhism and Islam, dude. I'm into all the religions. Bruh. He, he's got some film stuff. He's for probably it. Got you a, guys can uh, hang out. You ta- can talk film with him. 
Yeah, we could. He starts with movie opinions. And I guess the um I not I've not seen The Remains of the Day, but I guess it is about a a priest and a and a woman that have a will they won't they kind of a repressed relationship, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh so very telling. And then they also talk Last Temptation of Christ, another Scorsese movie. Mm-hmm. Um you know. And have you ever seen Last Temptation of Christ? No, I don't think so. Who's in it? Uh, Willem Dafoe plays Jesus. Okay, okay. I've heard of the yeah. movie. I'm aware of the movie, but no, I've never seen it. It's very good. It's very good. It was made in the 70s. 70s, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd say so. That's about my cutoff. Um, Anything before that, I have a hard time jumping into these days. Uh, my cutoff is probably the 40s or 50s. Really? I could yeah. do some 60s. I mean, I can. I can. I just, I haven't, like, dabbled into it as much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's good, like, Hitchcock stuff is really good. Okay, Hitchcock, get, Hitchcock gets really... a price, uh, uh, pass with me. I'll, I'll, I'll watch Hitchcock. Yeah. I've just not dabbled that much into 50s and 40s stuff. Yeah. It, it, it's all, if you look at my letterboxd, it has a pretty extensive list. It, it, it goes down each decade, just as you think it would. Right. You know, of, of movies I've seen. Right. Um. And I think I can make you a list. Of, the 70s is sort of, I think the 60s is, is a lot less than the 70s, like comparatively to everything else. So it kind of stops there. Yeah, I would say around yeah. 1963 is about where my line of demarcation happens. Of like, What's 63? I don't know. I don't have anything in, in particular, but I know like the back half, or the, yeah, the back half of the 60s, I have an easier time uh, taking in that than I do the front half because... It, like the front half of the sixties is still kind of that uh repressed a little bit more friendly version of everything, and then once you get a little further down, things get a little grittier in the film world mm-hmm. anyway whatever a little yeah. side little side sidecar right there into the the past for everybody how we feel sure. about it <clears throat> how we feel about the past it sucks past sucks past sucks almost uh, as bad as the future. We do have the therapist calling in, and now Melfi or uh, yeah. Carmela Carmela knows that she's a woman, and he must be having an affair. Right, and I I feel so. How do you feel about Carmela's whole demeanor in this this episode? Well, this is you're starting to see kind of her deal, where she knows what she's doing is wrong, and she admits it's wrong. But then the next episode, so she kind of goes back into being who she was because it's easy she says it is i've chosen a life that is easy not right and that's what she goes back to every time right it's easy you know it's incredibly profound uh yeah no i think i think i think a lot of these episodes especially these beginning episodes is just introducing you to these characters flaws and yeah one of carmela's flaws uh is that she just kind of lets it all happen. She's very, very yeah. Skylar like, where she's not necessarily approving of it, but she's also not really doing anything to stop it. And I like, I think what they did for Carmilla is she's aware of everything. I think that's what, you see, I, I, I think people give Skylar a bad rap because I think she's acting just as a wife who's very confused about what the hell's going right. on. For more than half of it, they, she doesn't, more than half of Breaking yeah. Bad, she has no clue what's happening. Right. And everyone else knows, but she doesn't. And so people are like, oh, what a bitch. It's like, well, no, she's just very confused. Right. You know? Now at the end, and maybe. <laughs> yes, the end, and, and she's now culpable. And paying for I think it, with, so. Right. 
But I think with uh, Carmilla, I think she's better written, and it's it's better to have her. You know, she knows what she's doing. Oh yeah, she knows what's going on. She is just as malip- manipulative as Tony, just in different ways. Right, and there yeah. it, it, it shows that they are better. absolutely perfect for each other. <laughs> Yeah, they are I think that's a better way to do it than they, yeah. what they did with um, Skyler. No, I agree. I think they handled uh, Carmella really, really, really well. And it also happens that uh, a wonderful, wonderful actress is playing the character. And that certainly yes, helps that too. Edie Falco. She's Eddie amazing. Falco, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, she's great. And then... You know that they wanted um, uh, Melfi... Uh, that actress to play her, but she was like, "That's too similar to my role in Goodfellas." Yeah, no, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I kind of like, I kind of like, th- I, I mean, I obviously I like, I like the, the dynamic. Yeah, I like the dynamic yeah. that we have set here. Um, I think also, I think Edie Falco is a lot more shrewd, a lot more kind of sharp. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a lot more, um, yeah, I guess shrewd would be better than uh, than Melfi is. I think Melfi's a little more innocent. Sure. You know, and a little more kind of quirky. Yeah. And I think that it works better, I feel like. Uh, how'd you feel about the murder scene? It was intense. It was very long. It was very personal. Yeah. It was, uh, it was kind of a, it was an interesting sort of um, apex predator. For sure. Kind of with Tony, you know, hunting his prey. Showing the differences between, so you get the... You get the night before with Fabian not taking the shot or not taking advantage of an opportunity, and then you get Tony, who's not only taken advantage of an opportunity, but has actually kind of lured the guy into the opportunity, and uh, you. And he's enjoying it. He's enjoying know? it, and he's you know a very very powerful man that will follow up on what he uh, believes is right. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, you even have Fabian telling him, you know, I had the chance to to do this to you and I didn't do it. And Tony says, don't care, loser, and picks mm-hmm. him up and chokes him out so hard that he actually cuts his hand. Yeah. Uh, and th- so this is this is the craziest thing. This is something or not crazy. Obviously, this is how we go. It's very Aaron Hernandez where he's just so incredibly blatant. He's just had a conversation with uh, Meadow about. You know, versions of what he's just been doing, uh, talking about the gangster life. But he takes absolutely no steps to cover up what he just had done when he goes and picks up Meadow from that school. His his shoes are still covered in dirt. He's got a giant cut on his hand. Well, it was very impulsive. Like, he's doing this out of impulse. He's doing it because... And it's interesting. It wasn't someone who's wronged him personally. It wasn't, you know... It was just like it wasn't. They didn't go up there to find this. Guy. No, it, it was, was hey, he found it. He here's just a guy found it. Oh, I'm gonna go kill him. And yeah. it was it was kind of you know, he wasn't even sure at first that it was the guy. And he right, you know, at the beginning of the episode, you're just kind of like, oh wow, I'm not sure. I really expected Tony Soprano to do a college tour, uh, or a tour of multiple colleges, even more so, uh, with his daughter. Just didn't like didn't seem like the guy that's going to be taking taking head of household on that particular uh responsibility and then you see how immediately he dips out of the whole situation as quickly as he can multiple times uh he leaves her he leaves meadow at the bar and just is like don't drink they're at a bar they're gonna drink yeah uh he leaves her at the hotel several times in the room by herself 
and ditches her on the last uh, school that they're visiting. He, put, to go he puts her guy. in danger on that. Uh, he puts <clears throat> her in danger to speeding to go find the guy. Oh He's yeah, swerving through lanes and stuff. yeah. And at the same time. Two seconds later, he's loving dad, and you're like in that moment with him. Like, look at Tony; he's he's yeah. a pretty good dad, pretty solid dad. Where where does he rank on the lost dad? Oh God, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, probably pretty high, honestly. Um, yeah, maybe I put him somewhere around uh, Mister Peck, son's dad, because okay. it's got that yeah. kind of gangster vibe too. Uh, sure. Not hot, not high, not high, but higher. He's no, uh, he's no, he's no Locke's dad. Right? Yeah, yeah, we he, all know that. Provides for. I think we. If you provide for your kids, I think you're you're probably pretty good. Yeah, and he doesn't you seem know, to really be an asshole to his kids either. No, no, he's no. Not he seems like a lover or anything. Dad. He's just you know. Yeah. He's got that Italian attitude, though. Sure. But that's sure. to be expected. He's a gangster right. pr- 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 yeah. uh, with ties to Italy. <laughs> with ties to Italy. With ties to Italy, yeah. Uh-huh. So at the end of the episode, we do get this quote uh, from the guy who I think wrote the Scarlet Letter. Yeah. Halforn. Uh, and I took a picture of it. Uh, no man can wear one face to himself and, and another to the multitude without finally getting bewildered as to which may be true. So it's pretty much saying you can't wear two masks. Yeah, and it kind of... That's sort of the whole gist of this show right now. For sure, and it leads us into the next episode where he's starting to pay for some of these things, uh, and uh, his willy is getting affected as well. It is getting affected. He's starting to uh, starting to get very, you know, um, sexual feelings for Melfi. Yes, Yes, he is. Yeah. Uh, so you want to go into this next one here? Uh, yeah. Let's Pax do that. Soprana. And do you know what that what that means? I do not. So it it means. Let me find it right here. Pax Soprana. A lack of conflict with an unchallenged single power. Uh, so that is uh, the significance of that. Is that is what Tony's ultimate goal is for the Soprano family is to have an extended period of peace. With the Soprano family, while it be may it be uh, Junior or himself at the head, uh, and that's and that's kind of what he's trying to accomplish in this episode. As uh, Junior's not exactly honoring old agreements, and uh, we have uh, what's the guy? What's the Jewish guy's name? Hesh. Yes, yeah, Hesh, Hesh yeah. is being forced to pay some taxes that he's not always had to pay. Uh, Junior's capos are upset because he's keeping too much of the money for himself. And Tony, again, is coming in to play Peacemaker, but also having to deal with... Uh, he's got some... Dude, he's got some ultimate girl problems happening in this episode. Yeah. He's got the... Uh, he's got he's got the angry girlfriend, the extremely pissed off wife, and then the therapist that he is just out of his depths with. Girl problems right. are running amok in this episode. <laughs> Yes. His daughter is, uh, you know, I don't know if it, too much problems with his daughter. No, right now, but mom, but... mom's still a big problem. Yeah. And the, yeah. Half the reason why Junior's out here whiling is because he keeps going to talk to her. He goes to talk to Li- yes. Livia, and she keeps planting all and, these terrible oh, ideas God. on him. I love Livia she is, so much. She's, she's so... such a troll. She's yeah. just out there starting. She knows exactly what she's doing. Oh, yeah. And I, and she just plays that she's this old lady and 
but she knows. I can't again. I can't wait to see her in uh, the Many Saints in Newark. I know. I w- just that. Uh, just this old lady who wants to die. But you know what I really want is uh, you killed Tony. Maybe. The uh, the interesting part of the whole thing is is that Tony has set up this. Uh, whole situation for Junior to be the figurehead boss with him really pulling the strings. And it's yeah. kind of turned out that the Junior part is is correct. That's still happening. But it's Livia who's sort of kind of pulling the strings. Oh, yeah. And he goes to her at the very end to be like, hey, you need to talk to Junior. Right. You're, you, can, you have him. You know, you have, you have his ears. And he's just like... I don't. And he's like just stoking the fire for her. Because she already knows that she's got his ear. And she yeah. like it's basically being confirmed back to her that she can get shit done talking to Junior. It's it's hilarious. Right. The whole situation it's is great, funny. Yeah. It's great. It's great. It's great. I think she she dies at the end of season two. Yeah, I believe that, that's not correct. season one. Yeah, season two. Yeah, I, I think that I, I remember. Wonder... I, I, I I remember. I I was watching when that happened. So I, I you didn't yeah. break that death to me this time. No, that just it happened. Oh, <laughs> you know. uh, let's see here. So. Yeah, I think the big... We do get more dream sequences here. You do get more dream, more... boy, do we ever. Uh, so yeah. he, so <laughs> let's let's get to this dick problem, shall we? Uh, sure. Tony is having some problems with his Russian girlfriend, who I think her number... Like, if you were to if you were to make a word... You know those word things where, like, if one word is being used the most, that's the biggest word, and then you have mm-hmm. a bunch of other smaller words, and then even smaller words that are being used even yeah. less than that? If you did that with this girl's lines, whore would be the biggest word on the on the yeah. page, because she is constantly telling Tony that she's not a whore. <laughs> uh, right. eh, she may or may not be correct, you know? What eh. is really a whore? That's true. In- that's true. Uh, fair. Fair question, but he's having trouble uh, getting it. Do you up. think she would be into Tony if he didn't have money? No, no. <laughs> no. You know, in this first season, uh, he's not egregiously fat. Like he's, no, he's, that doesn't happen until later. No, he's yeah. a, he, I mean, he's a large fella. He is large, but he's just normal large. Like he doesn't even have the mo- the man boob going yet. Yeah. Uh, now the other thing, as a large individual myself i also know that if you lay on your back and kind of arch a little bit you look a lot skinnier than you actually are and that's how he's presented Mm. in this episode uh when uh i don't know the russian girl's name to be honest um russian russian girl yeah no that's it that's that that's that's definitely i don't know if they've ever given yeah 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 uh anyway so she's she's trying to get him going no dice uh, Carm, like Carm, sort like he doesn't even care about about her, you know. Yeah, no, like he doesn't even care so much to the point that uh, after they go to dinner and they have their their at dinner fight, she wakes up. He wakes up in the middle of the night, wakes her up. She essentially on a silver platter offers sex. Just wakes yeah. up in the middle of the night. He's like, you want, sex? you want a sex? Like she certainly seen. He didn't say anything, so she certainly seemed really ready and willing to do this. And he was like, yeah. no, 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 go back to sleep. Nah, I'm good. And then immediately, no, he was he waking up out of the Melfi blowjob he dream. Was, yeah, and yeah, clearly you want sex, bud, because the next day you went to your therapist's office and tried to kiss her on the mouth. Yeah, he. And which I don't know, like how scary would that be? That's interesting too. <laughs> That's very scary. She played off really cool. Great. Though I, I don't know, like, do you cut things off after that? As the therapist? 
Yeah. Absolutely. Well, with okay, with a normal person? With a normal person or with t- Tony Soprano? Both. Uh Tony Soprano we're we're having we're we're doing I some I don't think she I don't think she sees him at though like that. I think she she feels like she has control. Control. I think so. I, I think, think so she, too. But you I ha- think if she wanted to call it off cuz she does eventually call it off. Yeah. I remember I remember she does say we're done. We can't do this right. anymore. But I think um, I think at that point though she has to at least be in her head saying this could get to a point where I'm in danger. Just right there I don't telling know if she's him. thinking that though. I think she's thinking she likes the challenge. No, I think she, she likes to... the challenge, but she's also got to be recognizing that saying no to Tony Soprano is not necessarily something that he hears every day or is going right. to react well to. So right. she's definitely when she kicks him out of her or not kicks him out, but like tells him it's time for you to leave today. Um, yeah. She's definitely in her head considering I should possibly need to cut this off right now. Now, she doesn't do it right I now. did like that Tony said. He said, see you Tuesday. He didn't say, see you next no, Tuesday. No, he didn't. Now, if he I didn't. was in the writer's room, I'd make sure he said, see you next Tuesday. Right, right. Uh, you know why would you why would you want that though I I don't know what's uh, it's kind of no seems like I just a, think it sounds better on the tongue yeah. see you next Tuesday because it seems like a bit Tuesday. of a scheduling snafu because like we're trying to get through the episode today and it's like this week and we don't really want to plan for something two weeks down the road but but just see you next Tuesday just sounds better it flow I will say it flows pretty well see you it next flows Tuesday better see you next Tuesday yeah. 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 Hey, you went to UNT, right? I did go to UNT. Do you want to see UNT? Uh, I've never seen the to... campus. Can you show me? You've never seen UNT? I've never well, seen UNT. Can... I'll <clears throat> make it so that you can see UNT one day. Dude, that's right? awesome. Yeah. You're a real it's, pal. At least I could do. Thank you for for um, inviting me to see UNT with you. I'm glad you can see UNT with me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um. That was fun. Yeah, so that was fun. That was fun. Uh, yeah, this uh, you know this episode really this episode pack is just it's super super strong with like all sorts of themes and contrast between uh, Tony and like you can you can see the mental state of him kind of breaking down as we go through this mm-hmm. three pack of episodes. Like he's becoming more paranoid uh, with uh, Melfi and going to Melfi and the people around him. He's more suspicious of Junior. He's more suspicious of his wife. He's more suspicious of his children. And he like he's just on edge. It feels like um, they're leading us to a point where you know Tony's bouncing back and forth between like in control and losing complete control always it's, he's always on that edge and there's it's where it feels like it's trying to build to a point of some sort of an, of an explosion now and i also think <clears throat> i think we'll get to a point where maybe melfi is teaching tony how to be a better gangster yes you know? for sure yeah now all of this these two episodes prior with um junior becoming boss figuring avoiding a war um you know finding issues on his own to take care of and dealing with his kids and dealing with his penis and dealing with all of his women in his life 
it really gets put into perspective and they drop the little the little taste at the uh the funeral but then at the end of this episode you get a yeah. full on snoot of FBI it's one of the uh one of the big scenes i remember and right when i saw the they're like oh i remember this yeah same same it's same. a really good scene where they're taking the pictures of everybody and they kind of got the board and to show you okay uh you know junior's the boss but right below him is tony yes you know who's uh yeah who's supposed that was a really good scene yeah and then you've got uh camera button man camera buttons camera yeah, buttons and then they you know they're they're moving everybody in and out really cool uh wrap up to the end of that episode i thought yeah really really cool and it just lets you yes. know that not only are they surveilling them but they've got at least one person on the inside right now now yeah. m- maybe he's just a banquet waiter but they got somebody in there and you and you wonder camera it was especially for 98 uh, you wonder how deep they are and how uh, far-reaching their arm, their tentacles go. How much they know, how much they know uh, what's going on inside Tony's little circle versus well, Junior's circle do... versus the whole thing. Right. When does when is it clear that Big Pussy's the rat? I want to say season two because he gets yeah. killed in season two, right? Right. The end of that. But but I think it's revealed beforehand. I think they even suspect him, and he's not. But then he is. It's possible. From it's what been I remember, yeah. so. When is the last time you, as we kind of wrap up for the yeah? When's the last well, time well, two you more watched? things on that episode? Sure. Yeah. 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 Two things on the episode. Uh, the uh, scene in the church where uh, Carmilla is talking to um, the 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 preacher. Uh, Her language is not appropriate for church. That is not appropriate. I don't know that you can say guma in church. I'm not Italian. Guma. But I don't know. I don't know what that word is. It's uh I think it's uh, a it's a, it's gotta be some sort of Italian version of horror. Hur. <clears throat> uh yeah, I thought that was interesting, you know, where he is pretty much saying that he said that divorce is for the weak, mm-hmm. which is a very old school Catholic thing. Yes. Um yes, very old school. Like my my dad's grand my dad's parents got divorced and that was a controversial bet, you know. But um, not really. I mean, not anymore. No, not not, not in way, present but, day. But in the yeah, Catholic but, in the Catholic uh, culture, it, it's still it's still a bit of a red mark. Taboo. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're considered a bastard <laughs> if you're divorced. So my dad's a bastard, technically. Yeah, I'm a bastard. Speaking. I come from a, a twice broken home, so I'm a bastard. Disgusting. Thank you. You're disgusting. Thank you. Uh, I have no and, inheritance coming to me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, he confesses his love to Melfi and Melfi is pretty much saying that I represent what you want the women in your life to be, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Like, cause he's saying, yeah, you're very, uh, very kind. And it's like, well, that's my job, you know, is to yeah. be and I think a good she, conversation. Yeah. She also mentions that like, you love me because of the progress that we've made. Right. Like I'm helping you make your life better. Therefore you're, you view me as this like savior and something that you, you love uh, and whatever I'm doing in your dreams, just just keep that in mind as it's well. It's interesting he would just come out with it, too. Right. Like, that was very brazen and bold, you know, just, well, I, hey. It shows how, how brazen and bold he is. It's just like, it's just yeah. like um, on a trip with his daughter that he would brazenly and boldly track and murder a man. Right. That he really had no, like, there was no reason why he needed to do that and, and like, 
just didn't need to do it, but he's so brazen and boldly doing it. And not only that, doing almost nothing to cover it up. It's pretty in character for him to do something like that. Yeah. 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 Good. And he's yeah. used to yeah. getting his way too. I bet that's exactly how he got the um, Russian girl is he just kind of, Hey, and then just, you know, started laying the, the, the lip smack down on her. And it mm-hmm. works when you're Tony Soprano 99.9% right. of the time. Well, anyway, you asked me when the last time I watched this yeah. was. It was 2008. 2008. Okay. Yes. I think the last time. So when I, I, I believe this is the, I was thinking about this the other day. I think this is the third, my third time through the first season. Okay. But it's also spread out that like, it might as well be my first time. Uh, but the last time I watched it, I want to say it was 12, 13. And that's when mm-hmm. we got to about season four, four and a half. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What was the, what was the reason why Th- that we stopped watching? No, no, no. Why you asked me? Oh, point of stoppage. Uh, just trying to like <clears throat> how much how much of these opinions are fresh versus like coming oh, coming I don't off remember the watch. My opinions. Yeah, I don't remember my opinions back in the day. Yeah, and that was I really don't. That was the nice thing about Lost was is that I still had a lot of holdover things in my head about mm-hmm. that show. Whereas this, it's kind of fresh every time watching it. Yeah, and I, and it's really mm-hmm. just like when I was really wondering how fresh the show is to you. Like, is some of this stuff like oh you're catching it uh, because you know it's been a while since you've seen it, or is it like an addition on like oh I don't remember this from the last five times I've seen this. I yeah, I mean I've only watched it once through. So it is fairly new. Right, it's fairly new, but it's it's still familiar. Yeah, like, that's a, that's how I remember I would say this the same for me. plot part. I remember this plot beat. You know, oh, I remember that. I remember that. Right, right. Uh, but as far as like the minutia in each episode and what the episode means, I don't. With Lost, I, I was more familiar. Yeah, though though, but I was far enough away from it where I could change my opinions. Like right. my opinion on Locke. Yeah, definitely flipped. Um. But I think with this though, it's been so long, and it, it's not a show that I religiously watched like Lost, right? You know, or studied either, you know? Yeah, or studied. Really, maybe that's why I meant studied. Uh, so yeah, a lot of this is kind of it's it's f- new, familiar territory. Right. It's it's familiar, but it's new. Yeah, in a weird way. It, it, are mm-hmm. are you? I mean, I, I know how I feel. I don't feel like I'm being taken out by the time period. Is the time period like? doing no, anything no, for you at all i don't think it's i don't think it's ever i don't think ever a, a time period has taken me out of anything really i don't know why it would yeah yeah i don't like i mean the time period of like when it was made not the time period being being depicted like because this is an older show there is the potential for you to just like kind of be taken out of your reality like do you mean do you mean by how it's filmed yeah how it's, how fi- it's like presented the, yes yeah okay uh no 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 I haven't felt that at all I haven't either and I I yeah I kind of wondered about it like I've talked about Oz being one of those things yeah. it was kind of it took me out too much I couldn't get back in or if you go back and really it's like old network like if you were to try to watch NY, sure. NYPD Blue or something today it would while uh breakneck television in 1997 or 95 or whenever that show was on today it probably would not hit home I think the one show that I think in a way is sort of like that for me was, and I liked it. I liked the first season, but Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. where I think Twin Peaks, uh, it it's a little, I think the credit, because it's credited as being like revolutionary because it's so, um, it went there in mm-hmm. bizarre directions. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like, I think for people who watched it, 
that was bizarre TV for them. Yeah. But now I don't think it's as weird. Yeah. I think it's a show that has bizarreness sprinkled in it. It was a and, very inventive concept when it came out, but now because of its influence, you've seen yes. five, ten shows, movies like it. So, like, right. if you're, I watch Lost is like that, like full blown, right? You know, yeah. It's like if we like, if we were to if we were to watch something like uh, The Leftovers ten years from now, like if I were not to watch it at all. And then not pick it up until ten years from now, and they do, uh, you know, five, ten shows leftovers in between too. there that are like, yeah, yeah, they do, they do uh, extra leftovers, uh, <laughs> uh, and you know, there's five, ten shows that I see between now and then that are kind of similar to this like new, different concept, and then I try to go back and watch that, and it would be, yeah, I've seen this before, the, the, yeah, but there is a bit. Of a nostalgia factor. For sure. Talk about that. And I think we're you know, dealing like, with that a little bit here. As like going yeah. back on uh, if you're if you look at it from the like anti hero vibe of, you know, we've seen ten, fifteen shows, movies like that where it's really the anti hero as your main focus. And mm-hmm. now we're kinda watching the OG, but it's not it's not like that. It's not like ah, this is so, you know, there's there's a difference that, you know. I think uh, Twin Peaks is very good. I like Twin Peaks, but I think some of that maybe they've done maybe better. Sure. Since then, I think with this, is it still very very good? Yeah. And I wouldn't say they've done much better. No, know? I couldn't. I mean, um, yeah. No, for sure. And 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 you know what's cool about watching this is just like the story flow and how it's put together is kind of breaking baddy. So like, like I can see where breaking bad was taking a lot of cues yeah. from Sopranos. Breaking bad is a better looking version of this. Yeah. It, it's a, uh, it's a, um, a desert better looking version. Of and also this. just, I mean the, the way uh, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the creator's name, Vince Gilligan. Mm-hmm. Um, His and I know style. it's not just him. I know, but that style is awesome. Like I love his style. Yeah. Like every shot looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think this 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 is sort of this I don't know if this is the start of that cuz it the the look of it isn't that great, you know. No, but it's uh, a I little think it's bit very more cinematically, um, but it's Yeah, cinematically I would say it's a little more advanced for its time. Yeah, but it's not um it's not it's not revolutionary or anything. I think yeah, Breaking Bad. It, it just looks so beautiful. There's a unique style of Breaking Bad, like how you know? uh, Tarantino, like his films, sort of have this yeah. like style and cinematic nature. I feel like Th- Vince Gilligan a, has Vince like Gilligan. a TV version of that. Hundred percent, where it's unique he has a to him, distinct style. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, and um, I think Lost actually might have started that in a way. The the very cinematic looking mm-hmm. show. Yeah, I know it's credited as as kind of starting that. It's like something that's uh, it would look like a movie. It almost. makes TV feel a lot bigger and more vast than it has in the past. Where this is, this is pretty centralized and localized. You know, we're we're not getting right. any sweeping shit, but we're also dealing with mostly. I mean, most of the time they're in New Jersey, so like, there's really not a ton to see, unless you want to like go north and see the Hudson or something. Mm-hmm. I hope that's north. <laughs> I don't know. Might be somewhere. I'm not great uh, at geography. Right, well, me neither. Well, next week we'll do the uh, next three. <laughs> we got one more for the season, right? Yeah. Here, let me... Something like that. Vamp, and I'll pull up the next three episodes. Yeah, so um, we'll talk about the next three episodes, and then the next three after that, and maybe the finale if it's the last few. 
but yeah, that's uh, that's that wraps up this episode. Um, pretty yeah, everything is. Th- these episodes are a lot easier to talk about than Lost, I think, also because there's just everything is sort of it's more connected and it's all it all um, each thorough line yes. is way more. It's a straight line melded together. It's a straight line, whereas Lost was like tentacles everywhere. Okay, so our, so this seems like a, a better, uh, more easier to show to talk about. Definitely for sure, it's way more linear. It's just clear. Okay, so uh, next three episodes will be seven, eight, and nine. Down neck. The Legend of Tennessee Molisanti and Boca. And then we'll have one more episode after that for 10, 11, 12, and then 13. So we're three epi- two episodes from our finale, uh, for our first season finale. Wow, man. We're getting to it. All right. Kind of booking through here. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back next week. I'm Trey Mitchell, and that's Travis Mejia. You can find me at CrayTreyVids on Twitter and Travis... Or can they find you in the world? At Travis M thirteen ten on Twitter. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye.